Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's Geico.com. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Park stores while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Mansion, this is Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. It's hour two on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Peter King from NBC Sports will join us coming up in about 15 minutes. In about an hour, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, will join us as well. The final four is set Oklahoma, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State. We needed Utah to win and win comfortably against Oregon just so we would have a debate here. That fourth spot was up for grabs. If Utah wins impressively against Oregon, even if Oklahoma wins and Oklahoma needed overtime to win, maybe we have a little bit of drama here. But you have it's top heavy with the top three. And, you know, with LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, all three of those teams can win. I think Oklahoma can be competitive, at least for a little while. I don't think the defense is good enough. But uh, Jalen Hurts has cooled off considerably here in the last month of the season. And it felt like whoever was number four was going to be a sacrificial lamb. You are going to have, do we know the biggest margin of victory with uh, the Heisman Trophy? That, that's not when, uh, do you have that, McLevin? Yeah, there's, uh, we got it from Stats, Inc. Uh, there's two possible ways of measuring it. Largest margin of victory and most points is a percentage of possible points. So I'll give you, give you both. Right. If, unless you want to take a guess first. I think you might know. It's not Chuck Long, is it? Uh, no. He, no, I don't have that one, no. It's uh, the largest margin of victory was O.J. Simpson in 68. Against, was Gary Beban? And Larry, Leroy Keyes out of Purdue, Purdue was second. A two-way player. And the most points as percentage of possible points was Troy Smith for Ohio State in 2006, who got 91.6% of the votes. Then Mariota is second uh, in 2014 and 90.9% of the votes. Now maybe Chuck Long was involved, the Iowa quarterback. That was one of the closest races. Yes. He was that Bo Jackson? Did Chuck, Chuck Long lost, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but I think it was one of the closer votes in Heisman Trophy history. But Joe Burrow, you know, we were talking to David Pollock from ESPN College Game Day, and I said, who finishes second here? Because the three Ohio State players 
are probably going to have equal value with the Heisman voters. Although, you know, Chase Young might get a little more because he's gotten a little bit more notoriety than Justin Fields. Uh, Dobbins has been great for them as well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I don't even think he was the best offensive player on his own team. Yeah, Paul. Checking my Heismanments, I think that Chase Young might get the second spot because he's going to get. A, I think he's going to get a handful of first place votes from those contrarian people that want to defend their best mm. player in football. I could see him grabbing the second spot with a, a handful of first place votes for Chase Young, the defensive end. Yeah, I don't know how you not vote Joe Burrow. Uh, he he's done everything you want. You know what? What did he have? Over forty five touchdown passes. Um, he did it on the big stage. He did it in big games. He did it against good competition. I, I think he's going to be the runaway winner. I'd just be curious who would finish second here. Yeah, McLevin. I have a controversial question here. Say Clemson beats Ohio State and all those pros on Ohio State. Uh-huh. Isn't Clemson the favorite over LSU in the title game then? Or is, or is LSU still the favorite? Um... Or is it just too close? Are all three of those teams just sort of in a Well, mess? do we have the point spreads right now? What What is Ohio State-Clemson? It's like one or two, right? Okay. I don't even know which Ohio State one or two. And then what is LSU against Oklahoma? I saw... Is that a double digit? I think I saw eight and a half, and okay. it, like, there was talk of it opening a little higher. Okay. But I'll double check that. Yeah, Paul. I have it, and again, this is the opening line. LSU minus 13 okay. versus Oklahoma. Yeah. And Ohio State... Clemson's given two points to Ohio State. Ooh. The over-under, by the way, in LSU-Oklahoma is 76. <laughs> That's good TV. Yeah, but that could be a whole lot of LSU with the over-under at 76 points. Yes, McClellan. I just don't get how Ohio State falls. I, I understand. The margin of victory seems a little like – I just admit that, that margin of victory is the most important thing in these things. It just seems silly to me. It's like this isn't gymnastics. You're not judging performances. It should be more wins and losses. But you found yourself down 14 to nothing. You, you were down in the first half against Wisconsin. Yeah, but LSU's had down halves, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not... No, no, no. What did they do here in this game against Georgia? So the last game is all that matters? No, but that's that's the biggest game of the year. What did you do in the biggest game of the year? We let it almost get away from us. Now, we were great in the second half. Okay, you're, you're a great team. Like, I don't give you credit for being great. You're, you're great. LSU was beyond great in their game against Georgia. Now, granted, I didn't think Georgia was the fourth-best team in the country. But Wisconsin, okay, you'd already beaten them. You know, they, they, they got a great running back, they got a game quarterback, and they were trying to hold on for dear life there. Okay. But, you know, Wisconsin was not fooling anybody from the standpoint of they're a great team. Oh, were they ranked eighth? Yes. I feel like that idea you guys had of, like, 60 teams in, uh, like, the five power conferences, I feel like you'd get a much better – better rank, ranking, a much more fair system if you had five power conferences and, like, a final eight or something. I, I would be fine if we do five power conferences and you, you have five winners and then three at large if you wanted to do that. But I don't know. If, like, we don't have controversy this year. So there, there's no movement here to go, boy, we got to – nobody's saying you gotta, we got to expand to eight because it feels like those next four are sort of, you know, questionable. Like, like, they're not contenders. They would be there just, you know, they'd have to fill the void of, well, you got to play somebody, and you're going to play Baylor. And they're going, okay, who, nobody cares. So we want to, we, we're so quick to go, we got to have eight, we got to have eight teams in here. 
If you had eight, was there any interest? Would there be any interest? Do you want to see Georgia play again? Probably not. Wisconsin, Baylor, Utah. Nice seasons, but they, they don't deserve to be in that playoff. So I think they got it right. Although if Utah had won against Oregon, then maybe we would have a fun debate today, but we don't. It worked out. Yeah, Paul. What we really needed was Utah to win handily against Oregon and then for Wisconsin to hold on and beat Ohio State. Because then Ohio State drops and stays in, Utah or Oklahoma gets screwed, and then you'd have a big debate today. All right, uh, poll question, McLevin. By the way, uh, best and worst of the weekend. We'll get to phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. Yes, McLevin. So our one was who's coming out of the AFC, the Ravens or the field. It went up to 55% at the field. We have a couple more options for you real quick. Has Jimmy G arrived? Yes or no? The alternate wording, is Jimmy G that good? Yes or no? I know. I'm I'm hearing from some 49er fans saying, you're going to say something nice? You're going to say something nice? I'm like, Jimmy Garoppolo played extremely well. He did. And I think Charles Davis, even in the moment, the analyst said this might be sort of his coming out party. This is his, this is his shining moment there. And, you know, good for him to do it in New Orleans, in that environment, and come up big. Uh, you know, that was an impressive performance. It still is going to come down to this for me with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to do this in the playoffs? Okay, I'm I'm going to hold out till the very end. Is he going to? And I I know people are saying they've said the same thing. Well, you're not saying the same thing about Lamar Jackson. Yes, I am. I want to see if Lamar Jackson he he's going to be the MVP. But I want to see what you do in the postseason, where teams are gearing up for you. They're game planning for you. They're not going well. We got this game and then we got that game. You know, it's this. This is all we're doing. This is what we focus on here. And that's what I that's where you see greatness with quarterbacks and even other players. What do you do when you need to do it and you need to be your best? I want to see Lamar Jackson do that. But the Ravens do something that very few other teams do. When their quarterback isn't great, they still win those games. And I know Lamar Jackson had three touchdown passes. He didn't look great. And Buffalo's defense is really formidable. They won the game. And that's where you have a true team effort. You know, and that's, you know, Kansas City might have to have that with Patrick Mahomes. You know, some of these teams where you go, are they, Vikings haven't been able to do that with Kirk Cousins. And, you know, New England. Tom Brady hasn't played well. The team has played well enough to win some of these games. But even yesterday, they couldn't overcome how bad that offense looked. Because Kansas City's defense is, you know, not the steel curtain here. I mean, they're, they're, they're a decent defense. New England made him look like they were formidable, like the doomsday defense. Yeah, Paul. I got an hour or two poll question. Ready? Right. If you had a five-year max contract to give to one quarterback today, Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff? Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. My man was in the Super Bowl last night. I know. I know. Hey, can we throw Carson Wentz into that mix just Ooh. for fun right now? Oh, man. Dak Prescott, you want to throw him in there too? Oh, my gosh. That's a good poll, actually. Now, if we put Dak oh, in there, it clicks the Lord. Yeah, I know. And the Rams, I don't know what happened, but Sean McVay goes, I, I don't know what I've been thinking. I, I We got to give the ball to Todd Gurley. Like, we've been saying it. 
I just assumed Todd Gurley wasn't able to get all those touches. But but it felt like this was a resting game plan. And like the first half of the season, let's just let's just survive here. But you know what? Maybe they didn't realize Seattle and the Niners were going to be this good and and you got to win to get in. You got to win out to get in. And all of a sudden, Sean McVay goes, right, "We're going to use Todd Gurley." Okay. You're the offensive genius. Yeah. You've forgotten more football than I know, so I would have used Todd Gurley as much as possible here. I didn't think you could because I didn't think he was healthy enough to give him 25 touches a game. But that's a big win against Seattle. It is. Now, people are going to jump off Seattle's bandwagon a little bit and maybe jump back on San Francisco's bandwagon a little bit more. And it's just it's one game. And then you have that big showdown with uh, Seattle and San Francisco coming up, and that's going to decide who could be the number one seed and who's the number five seed. Imagine winning, what, 13 games, and you're on the road in the playoffs? I believe that can happen, right, McLovin? They could go to Dallas or Philly yes. with a losing record, possibly. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, I wouldn't count out Dallas or Philly against either of those teams. Oh, I know, I know. I promise that I wouldn't talk about it, you know, a couple of things, you know, where I, I get caught up and I always talk about the Cowboys that, you know, I still think they're really talented, that I wasn't going to talk about the Browns because it feels like I'm picking on them. But I got to pick on the Cleveland Browns a little bit here. You know, you, you beat Cincinnati and now the drama is Odell Beckham Jr. has told opponents, come get me, get me out of here. And then he had a sports hernia that apparently was – misdiagnosed, but, and then you have Baker Mayfield saying this about the medical staff in Cleveland. It wasn't handled right. He's not able to run as well as he should be able to, uh, as well as he knows, and that's frustrating for him. You can sense that's some of his frustration where that comes from. So uh, it wasn't handled the right way in our training room. So it is what it is. And so his not 100% is still good enough for us. Mm-hmm. I think I, he could have been addressed earlier on. Oh, my God. Yes, McLovin. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. My mic was on. Yeah. Back. We're always it sounded like you were asking the question yeah. to Baker Mayfield. That would have been cool if Andrew was there. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. There's a sideshow on this side of the glass where we yell at everything you say. By the way, sorry. Okay. Baker Mayfield doesn't have to tell us everything. You know, that, that this isn't like a diary that you write into or something. You know, you just there's certain things you keep in-house. And that's one of those. You don't say anything about your medical staff because the medical staff is going to be there with you next year when Odell Beckham is not, okay? And if if they misdiagnosed it, then they know it. You don't have to tell everybody. Keep it in-house here. It just, it feels, and I know he loves to speak his mind. Okay, just tell him to stop talking. You know, those beer vendors aren't really out there in force this year. They're not really slinging the brew, keeping the fans happy. You can't add even more drama to this. You shouldn't, and and you're going to, and Odell Beckham's not there. Freddie Kitchens won't be there next year, and you're going to look at this as a lost opportunity for the Cleveland Browns. They weren't as good as people thought because it starts with that coach. It starts with management there, ownership there, and that's why I had my doubts on this team. They're not very good. But you got to be quiet with this. Yes, Eden. 
that's not who they are. I know. There's there's always drama. I like you can't add drama, but that's that's who they are. Something has to change, though. I think for the, I mean they have to be professional. Maybe they, they hey this is who we are and we talk smack and we tell you what's on our mind and okay. I mean that's fine. Tom Brady does that, but he's still professional when you need him to be professional. And he's got six rings, so he's allowed to talk. Baker Mayfield hadn't done anything. Nothing. A nice rookie season. Great. But build on that. Because right now, that looks like a fluke. And that's the, the sad part of this. Got a good team there. The, the, the potential for a really good team there. I'm going to have nothing to show for it. There'll be some casualties here. David in Boston joins us. Hi, David. What do you have for me today? Hi, Dan. How are you? Great. That's good to hear. I like it when I hear that Dan Patrick is great. Happy holidays to everybody there. I had two things. One thing, uh, two negatives, actually. Um, worst of the weekend. One is don't start, off, start your weekend off by watching the um, uh, Irishman. That was a long Friday into Saturday. Um, the second thing was yesterday, and I want to hear what you think is going to occur is that the Patriots are 10-3. and They've won 70% of their games. I'm a Jets fan through and through, but there was a lot of negativity, and there was a sense of this team is over, kind of, and they're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to win the division. It's the first time they've lost in, what, 21 games there, but there was a palpable sense, especially with the calls not going towards the the Patriots, that – it's going to end kind of ugly there with the fans, man, because it just wasn't pretty. Thank you. Right. Have a great Thank holiday. you, David. I think Adam Gase is going to keep his job here. I don't know if Jets fans want that, but, you know, pick up a couple of wins here. Maybe one more win. You secure that you're going to uh, be back there. Yeah, it got bad there at the end of the first half with New England, where the fans were booing the Patriots' performance. I still don't understand that from a fan's perspective. Like, does that... Does that make it they're going to play better now because you're booing? And, and, and if any fan base should have total faith, blind faith, blind loyalty to a team, it's the Patriots. That's not how it works. Yes, with that team. Oh. Could you imagine if that was a home game when they were up or down 28-3 to against Atlanta and, and those fans would have been booing the Patriots as they walked off the field? Yes, Paul. It's like booing Warren Buffett. It's like he has a bad month in the market. Like, man, that guy's slipping. <laughs> yes. Uh, it just shows how spoiled you get when you take for granted that you're just going to win all the time. Thank you, Tom. Yes, McLevin. I'm from Philly. Listen, they booed the Eagles in their week one game of 2018 after they won the Super Bowl in a slow start against the Falcons. They booed by <laughs> halftime. We booed Mike Schmidt. You know, that was I know. Santa Claus. I expect better out of New England. Like, yeah. With the Eagles, I get it. You know, I get it. It's part of your, your DNA. I, I understand that. But Patriot fans booing. Like, man, we want to show our displeasure. Okay, how does that help your team? Like, now it, it kind of clicks where Brady goes, oh, gosh, they're booing us. We should go out there. I'm going to light up that Chiefs defense. I'm going to throw for 300 yards. Eh, it doesn't work there. Were they booing at the end of the game, too? Probably not. They were too upset with, uh, you know, some of those calls. I that, think they were actually booing at the end of the game. Maybe they were booing the officials. Yeah. Because there are, you know, obviously some questionable calls there. All right. Peter King will get more phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. And uh, Kirk Cousins from the Vikings will join us coming up top of the hour. We're back with Peter King right after this in the Dan Patrick Show.
This summer, there's only one trusted place that lets you get in on all your favorite sports betting action. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Or text BETNOW to 238-669. That's B-E-T-N-O-W to 238-669 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this summer. From Major League Baseball to the Women's World Cup and all things U.S. BetOnline.ag has you covered. Visit BetOnline.ag and don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Make sure you check out the DP Show store. Go to danpatrick.com. Got some great things there in time for the holidays. I mentioned there's a, a few more of the calendars left, but uh, some great T-shirts there as well. Danpatrick.com or the DP Show app. And if you want a limited edition DP Show gear in time for Christmas, please order by December 18th so Mario can get it out to you. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Update the poll results there, McLevin. Okay, right now we have up uh, who will come out of the AFC, the Ravens or the field. 54% say the field. Paulie wants to ask a question. Okay. Should a quarterback go all out to tackle a defender after an interception? Referring to a Ryan Tannehill play this weekend when he saved a pick six by fighting off a block and chasing down a Raiders lineman on a tip ball. I would prefer that my quarterback didn't. I would just prefer he didn't. Andrew Luck, it felt like whenever he threw an interception – he wanted to be the first guy there to try to make the tackle. I, I, I would probably take the route of uh, Peyton Manning. Like, I'm sort of going to look like I'm trying. Maybe I get in your way. Maybe you stumble over me. You trip over me. I don't want my quarterback out there trying to make a quarterback or a tackle. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I generally agree with that. But Ryan Tannehill is a special case. He's kind of in this in-between point of his career. He's trying to get a new big contract. He's getting back in with the fans of that team. I know he should protect himself, but this is a must-tackle situation and it played huge in Tennessee yesterday. He is a great athlete, though, yes. former wide receiver, so at least he has some athleticism out there where he's not going to actually hurt himself. Yes, he Right, I would say normally you don't want your quarterback doing that, but what Ryan Tannehill did, that tackle was awesome. It was fantastic because he ran, he had to run like a wheel route or whatever. Like He went all the way out and then came all the way back in. He ran like 50 yards to make that tackle and blew the dude up right in the guts. It was great. It was a statement tackle. It was a statement tackle. Ryan Tannehill in his last four games, he joins Russell Wilson as the only quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to have a passer rating of 130 or higher in four straight games. I learned this from reading Peter King's column today. Football morning in America. Peter joins us now. 
Who is this Ryan Tannehill guy, Peter? Oh, I don't know. He's some stranger who uh, uh, I don't think the uh, the good people of South Florida can recognize. <laughs> it's just, look, he, he, you know, I do think that uh, when he was in Miami, um, you know, he was he was hurt all the time. And, you know, that obviously affected Adam Gase's, uh, you know, tenure there. But uh, I think that when you have a running back who's as hot as as Derrick Henry and you have uh, a team that basically is, is trying to win the ball, win football games, you know, in a very, very old-fashioned way, which is the way they're trying to win it. Um, I, I think that's an advantage to a quarterback who's kind of, and I don't want to say game manager because he's made some great, great throws. Um, but I think it's an advantage to him because all they're trying to do, he, Mike Rabel wants to possess the ball. He wants to be conservative. He wants to um, he wants to be a team like the Giants of the night of the of the eighties. And um, so I think it's it, it, I think it's a favorable position for a quarterback to be in. Uh, I, I know the Patriots still leading their division; they'll win their division, it, it appears. But how much concern would you have once the playoffs start with New England? Oh, massive! Um, they can't do anything on offense that they really want to do. Um, you know, Brady's getting beat up. He he. You know, it, what's really interesting when you watch these games, especially the national games, when they have so many cameras and they show the full field view, and you look and you see how many guys, like, you know, there aren't people open, I guess. I mean, I know that it's it's kind of open season on Brady, and I get it, but um, I don't really know what else he can do. And that plus the fact that, you know, their running game is averaging a yard less per carry than it than it ran for a year ago. So, I don't know. I look at all this, Dan, and I, I just sort of say that, um, you know, and I wrote this morning that I really think, and Romo talked about it yesterday, you know, about the gadgets. They've got to they've gotta run five or six of those every game because I really think that, there's no other way that they can um, that they can win games now other than by trying to fool teams because you, they can't play teams straight ahead and uh, and either overpower them or you know somebody's open on every snap. Help me understand what Sean McVay is doing now with Todd Gurley because he now sort of has the light go on this epiphany that maybe I need to give him the ball more and more touches here. I, I thought that this was by design that they were going to try to get through the first half of the season, not relying on him too much, and now all of a sudden he decides to go to him. So what what am I missing here that Sean McVay all of a sudden brought this to light? Well, I continue to think that one of the reasons why um, that he wasn't touching the ball very much is that his knee was not in great shape. And... Um, I'm not sure that it still is, but, uh, you know, he wants the ball. They want to give it to him. 
you know, who knows? I think we'll look back. We'll know the answer to this in three or four years. I don't know that we're going to know it right now. Hmm. Um, because I think if you're a coach and you're trying to protect a player who's not totally healthy, I think you um, you, you 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 never you never talk about what his injury is, or you you know, or you steer clear of being very specific about that. And so we'll see, but it's hard for me to believe that a guy who was as good as he was, um, you know, 13 months ago, uh, that they purposely would not be giving him the ball very much. And, and, and look, last night and I think the last couple of weeks, one of the reasons why I think that they're better is that they're a little bit more balanced and they're not putting the ball – uh, they're not putting every game on golf shoulder, and um, you know I think I think it shows what's happening the last few weeks that they're a little bit better when they're better balanced. Talking to Peter King, Football Morning in America. It's available every Monday exclusively on NBCSports.com. If it can go wrong, it has gone wrong for the Browns. Even in victory, they sound like they've been defeated. Uh, how does this end here, Pete and Cleveland? You know, I think I think everybody has an educated guess about it. I mean, one of the things about the Browns is that they don't really leak very much. Um, John Dorsey is uh, uh, who you know he and Jimmy Haslam are going to make these decisions at the end of the year. Just from watching the way we've all watched, Dan, I mean, they've been uh, they've been overall now. They've been a sloppy team. They've been a team that uh, always has a fire drill going on about something. And and so to me, I look at it, and and I really think they're going to change coaches at the end of the year. Um, and you know the other the other problem I think there is that it's all well and good to. Um, you know, to make a trade, let's use the Odell Beckham Jr. thing for for uh, you know for an example. It's all well and good to make a trade for a great football player, but I do think that if you do make a trade for Odell Beckham Jr., you have to understand exactly what you're getting. And I think the Browns didn't really understand exactly what they were getting in Odell Beckham Jr. They just thought he was a great football player. He's a major diva. And he requires an incredible amount of, uh, you know, of care and feeding. And most coaches and most teams do not want to deal with that. And I really question, I respect Jay Glazer's ability a lot yesterday, and I believe exactly what he said, that, that Odell is telling people, get me out of here, come and get me. Well, it's a little bit different now, isn't it, than it was a year ago when it was just one time. Okay, so now it's the Giants this year who wronged him, and now it's the Browns, uh, again, in the span of, of a year who uh, who aren't doing him right. And are they really going to be able to get value for him of any sort? I'd be a little bit surprised, quite honestly, if they got anywhere near the value that they think he's worth. If the Browns' job is open and Dallas is open, which one do you think would be more desirable? 
it's a really, really good question. Um, I, I, I mean, I think they're, I think they're very, very close. Just because I think the Browns have an awful lot of, uh, Browns have an awful lot of good players, and they also have an awful lot of cap room. The Cowboys are going to be really, really cap-strapped. I would not want to go to a team that's going to be cap-strapped. They're going to have to pay their quarterback. They're going to be in cap trouble for the next few years. I'd probably rather go to Cleveland. Um, and that doesn't, that isn't really because I don't think that I'd want to work for Jerry Jones. It's because I've I've seen how they work, and he's not an impossible guy to work for. But I just think over the next few years, it's going to be easier to build and to supplement in Cleveland than it is in Dallas. I mentioned this to the Danettes a little while ago. There's one quarterback who fascinates me every week because he giveth and he taketh away. James, James Winston. And I don't know if Bruce Arians knows what he has. I, I, I think he likes him an awful lot, but I, I don't know if he's done enough where you keep him. Or you move on in Tampa. What would you do? I agree. I mean, I I think you've here. Here's the problem that I see. If you do not keep Jameis Winston and you throw him back into the pool, um, you've won a little bit too much. Uh, in my opinion, anyway, as you sort of look at the draft. Now, who knows what's going to happen? But let's say the Bucks end up winning six or seven games. Well, you're certainly not getting Joe Burrow. You're probably not getting Tua. Um, and and who knows? I mean, there's a bunch of quarterbacks this year and, and all that. But I, I happen to think that, you know, Dirk Cutter fell on a sword for, for Jameis Winston for a long time. And everybody thought, well, there's going to be tough love now with Arians. Um, but the fact is, Jameis Winston – uh, you know, continues to play like this. And again, agreed with, with, with Arians. Not every interception is his fault. Absolutely. You know, he's had a bunch of tip balls, some fluky things, but he still throws too many. He takes some risks that you shouldn't take. So the big question now is, should you give him a bridge contract and have him for another year or two and basically say, we're just not positive. We can't give you $28, $30 million a year. But we'd be willing to give you $55 million for two years or whatever the, whatever the contract is. That's probably a little bit too much. But we'll, give you, we'll pay you a representative sum over the next two years, and then let's make a decision sometime in the next two years about whether you're going to stay or go. So that's the tough call that they have. The other alternative, I think, just I think, is that, uh, you know, there's a couple of quarterbacks, most notably Teddy Bridgewater. What are they going to do this year? For a while, we thought maybe Chicago, maybe Denver uh, would be a good market. Uh, there'd be a market for Teddy Bridgewater. Well, based on the last two weeks, I don't think either one of those teams is going to be spending major on quarterback and disrupting the apple cart that they already have. So, you know, I don't think you're absolutely totally stuck with Jameis Winston, but I do think that there's absolutely no way I'd commit to him for another four or five years. The only way I'd do it is on sort of a bridge contract where, 
we say, okay, you're our guy for 2020, and then let's make a final decision after that. Pete, good to talk to you. Enjoyed the column as always. It's uh, Football Morning in America every Monday exclusively on NBCSports.com. Thank you, Pete. Hey, thanks a million, Dan. Have a great week. All righty. Uh, Tony Romo has a different approach this year than last year because last year Romo was so excited. He was shot out of a cannon. He couldn't wait to tell you. And I think he is, he's settled back in and he's become even better this year because he – He's on a, a similar plane with Jim Nance when he's announcing. When, you know, with his analysis and Jim, and it blends in a little bit more, and it's more of a, you know, matter-of-fact delivery here. It, it just feels like somebody who is secure in their job of understanding, I can do this, I can do it at a high level, but he's taken down some of that excitement a little bit. But I thought he was really good yesterday. I thought he was really good yesterday. You pick your spots, you're saying things, you're seeing things, you're not afraid. I think Troy Aikman has taken a next step because Troy, it feels like, is like, hey, I got job security here. I'm going to say what I feel. I might even criticize Jason Garrett and the Cowboys or Jerry Jones. That's somebody who's secure in their job. Tony Romo just started out in this. But Romo pointing out some things in real time, and Collinsworth is as good as anybody who's ever done this, that you see things in real time, so when you come back for the replay, he's already got it diagrammed. There's a brilliance to that. And that's from a wide receiver, whereas Romo as a quarterback and Troy Aikman as a quarterback, they're used to seeing the entire field, not a wide receiver. But Chris has always seen it from that perspective of, a quarterback's perspective or a, a, a free safety's perspective. But Romo yesterday, it was subtly great. And I know he gets a lot of credit for predicting what plays are going to happen. I thought he was he was really even keel at delivering and not being overly hyped about something, uh, not making it tough for Jim Nance to grab it and kind of bring it back and then make the play call. Uh, it was really well done. And I think Troy Aikman has improved – uh, as well this year. Yeah, Paul. There's a lot of scuttlebutt. Our buddy Ed Werder of ESPN tweeted out, if Jerry Jones is committed to winning, he should be open-minded to discuss hiring Troy Aikman to run football operations, basically be the president and general manager. Mm. If you were Troy Aikman and that were offered to you. No. Unless you want to, you know, let me take a break there. Because I, 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 we'll get to our best and worst of the weekend, your phone calls as well. But I'll, I'll begin with that. If I'm Troy Aikman, would I take the job or not take the job? We'll take a break. Kirk Cousins, top of the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Wrangler makes cool jeans for guys who want to look and feel good. I was always a sweatpants guy myself over the years until I tried out a pair of Wrangler jeans, and now Wrangler is the way to go. I would actually wear it to, to work out and get on the treadmill with my Wrangler jeans. Wrangler has great new styles you haven't seen yet with all the comfort you'd expect from Wrangler. Wrangler has jean styles to fit all kinds of men like our host and our guests. The jeans are great. I like the cowboy cut personally and the retro relaxed fit. Boot cut. That's the one I would go with, but there's plenty of choices. Wrangler's making jeans look great for a night out at the movies, the game. I've even seen some celebs rocking them at clubs. Wrangler has all the latest styles, straight leg, slim fit, tapered, premium washes. The jeans are versatile and comfortable. No matter the look you're going for, the mood you're in, they have what you want. They're timeless. They have all of today's most popular styles. Go to wrangler.com slash Patrick to find your new favorite jeans. Wrangler, wear with abandon. Once again, I invite you to go to wrangler.com slash Patrick. To find your new favorite jeans, Wrangler, wear with abandon. 
Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Napa Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Ed Werder covers the Cowboys. He covers the NFL. Does a great job. He had these tweets that Paulie just saw. Ed Werder tweets, if Jerry Jones is committed to winning, he should be open-minded and discuss hiring Troy Aikman to run the football operations. It's the next thing Aikman wants to do in his career. He's no yes man. No successful organizational structure can share decision-making, bring fan credibility. Well, I'm all for that. But the question is, you don't want to get into that job and have Jerry Jones be there looking over your shoulder. I mean, if you gave Troy total, I don't think it's possible. I don't think Jerry Jones knows what total autonomy is. Only if it relates to him. But, but you know, this is Troy in taking that job. He gets paid really well at Fox. There's no wins and losses. You know, you don't get banged up. You're not in concussion protocol. There's no, you know, he wins every week. Unless you wanted to come to the rescue of your organization, the Dallas Cowboys, I, if I'm Troy, keep doing what you're doing. Unless he's bored with what he's doing. Unless he wants that next challenge. I don't know. You know, is he, is he like John Gruden and, you know, says, oh, I've done this, now I want to get back into football here. Okay. Well, Troy, to me, is different than John Gruden. John Gruden left, and we, we all thought he was coming back. Nobody thinks Troy Aikman is coming back to run a football team. But Ed Werder says if Jerry's really serious about this, I, I don't think Jerry's capable of doing this. Yes, he. Like it makes you think of John Elway, where it's a little dicey mm-hmm. you know, when you go back to run the team that you helped make great. Yeah. Just gets feelings get a little funny. And and it's one thing you know if Troy says, hey, can I? John Elway has total autonomy with the Broncos. John Gruden has total autonomy with the Raiders. I don't think Troy would have total autonomy with Jerry Jones. By the way, Jerry Jones did not have a good week. Uh, After the Cowboys lost to the Bears, this was his uh, back and forth with the radio host on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. All right, Jerry, you come on every week, win or lose, you answer questions, you know the Tolos and the Cowboys fans want answers today. What answer do you have for how this team is playing right now? We're not playing very well. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together yourself, okay? 
Now, I'm, I'm, we're gonna have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I, I mean, I, I, as a Cowboys fan, Jerry, a lot to go over. Not going with your question, but uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I'm going to give you this morning. And uh, I don't like your attitude, dude. Come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just saying, like emotionally, uh, let's get with it. Let's ask some questions. All right, that kind of question. Yeah. Uh, eventually, somebody hung up on somebody. Jerry had a couple of curse words in there as well, and I, they might have hung up on Jerry Jones. Yeah, Paul. Sounds like everyone on the show had a little too much caffeine. Yeah. A little hyped up there. Yeah, just a little bit. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not going to jack with you. Feels like the audio was sped up a little bit there. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I'm Troy, I'd play that for Troy and say, you sure you, would you be interested in going? Something like that. Uh, Lynn in Utah joins us. Best and worst of the weekend, then we'll give you ours. Hi, Lynn. Hi, hi, Dan. How you doing? Good, sir. What do you have? Five nine two fifteen. Okay. I have a best and worst for you. Let's start with the worst: the demise of the Patriots. Offensively, they're in big trouble. Okay. The best: Drew Locke. We finally have a quarterback. <laughs> Go Broncos! All right. Well, thank you, Lynn. Drew Locke played well. Big moment. Played well against the Texans. Yeah. Maybe they've got their quarterback there. All right. Best and worst of the weekend. McLevin, I'll start with you. Best and worst of the weekend. One of my best is from actually today that my movie, The Irishman, got nominated for Best Picture of the Golden Globes. And Joe Pesci got nominated and will certainly win the Academy Award eventually. Uh, my worst is going to be that all of a sudden pass interference is going to be called by New York where the entire season did it. It killed the, killed the Dolphins and it actually hurt the Bengals at a game nobody watched too. But you can't change the rules halfway through the season. Now they're doing it. They are doing it. Todd, best and worst. Best of the weekend, uh, Clemson junior wide receiver T. Higgins catches nine balls for 182 yards, three TDs. Clemson dominates Virginia 62-17 in the ACC championship game. My worst, the at-the-time fifth-ranked Utes, chance to make a big statement, possibly get into the college football playoff, lose badly 37-15 to Oregon. Utah scored 15 in the third, blanks in each of the three other quarters. McLovin, did, uh, did the state of Utah apologize to you? No, in fact, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything. Like I should just stay out of it now because I don't want to be like that guy. Oh, I told you so. Because Utah fans are probably pretty miserable today, right? Yeah. yeah. Although those Duck fans were backing me on the Friday. Yeah, I know. You got Eugene on your side there. Oh, and I want to hear your Justin Herbert. Is is he good? I, I thought he played well. Up. I thought he. I I thought he played well. That's what I want to see out of him. I I don't want you to fit into this, you know, category of. Perfect height, perfect weight, speed, athleticism, strong arm. I just want to know if you can play week in and week out. I want you to be consistent, and that's what I'm looking for with Herbert. Do you realize Trevor Lawrence has got another year that he has to play college football? Did anybody watch Trevor Lawrence play this year? I, I watched the North Carolina game, but he didn't look good there. They nearly lost, but other than that, I think I watched the Syracuse game. And, boy, talk about an easy road to get into the playoffs. They got, like, one or two tough games. Kirk Cousins at the top of the hour. More best and worst of the weekend. Right after this in the Dan Patrick Show.
During the season of giving, we'd like to offer you a little something special, and all we're asking in return is a few moments of your time. We need you to complete a short survey because your opinion matters to us and helps support the show. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, we'll give you a reward in return. Just go to podcast1.study, and everything will be right there for you. That's podcast1.study. The first 150 people to complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to Amazon.com. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us. So please go to podcast1.study, and as always, thank you for supporting the show and happy holidays from all of us at podcast one napa right now only at napa triple a members get a 20 percent discount so you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries brake pads and more meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem bravo that's 20 percent off for triple a members quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores exclusions apply do not be combined with other offers offer ends 331.20 five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both. Then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.